Hey guys, um, this is Tanya for Lagba Omer. It's Chai Ear, um, Paragmem Tests, Part 1. So, um, first of all, everybody who's listening to this, that usually is part of the morning for bringing into the space, I miss you guys. I really am excited to be back and having in-person Tanya again. Um, that's first of all. Second of all, it's Lagba Omer today. Happy Lagba Omer. It's a mamish ayantif. Like, first of all, everybody that is davening for whatever you're davening for, your tefillah should be answered, like, in a way that you literally see them appear on your doorstep. Like, oh, hi. And not only that, but you should see that the exact thing that you are davening for is the exact, like, you should, when you get it, in what, whether it's inner clarity or something external in your life, whatever it is, you should see that, like, literally, this has never been a mistake. Every moment of my journey that has led me to this exact moment has been, I'm going to say the word, hashkacha pratis, but, like, literally hashkacha pratis, like, quite and absolutely literally. Um, you should be able to see that and notice that, and it should inspire you that in all future moments of, like, needing to turn to Hashem and davening, you should, we should all be so blessed to see each moment of, like, need to daven as like an opportunity of like, wow, just like before when I needed something or when I was struggling with something, I saw how it really was for my benefit. So too now I can see this struggle, this challenge, this whatever it is that I'm davening to Hashem for as also an opportunity. It's also here for me. And how do I know that everything is here for us? Because Anilavade, which brings us into today's Tanya. So, <laughs> um, I'm debating if I want to say how this is all connected to the Lagwomer at the beginning or the end. Um, I'll just, very quickly, in very short, Lagwomer is called Yom HaHilula of the Rashbi. And one of the things you can understand about this is that it's called Yom HaHilula because Yom HaHilula uh, is also a wedding. Um, and essentially, the Rashbi, the Rabshim Barachai, was the founder of Kabbalah. He started everything with Kabbalah, he started the inner dimension of Torah, revealing it in the world. And he essentially taught us that we live inside of a marriage with God. Literally, that's what he taught us. That's what Chassidus is. That's what Kabbalah is. That we are not just like here doing mitzvahs, learning Torah, like, oh, you know, let's fill our time connecting to some higher power so we don't get punished. But like, literally, we are part of this cosmic romance and this cosmic love story. And essentially, like that, that is what is the truth based on Kabbalah. And now what is life? Life, every day of life, is the opportunity that we have to lean in to the choice, is the choice to lean in to that marriage. Just like two people get married, and Shavuos is coming, literally like Shavuos was this marriage, Hashem's creation of the world, this, this, the marriage already happened, we are living inside of the marriage. But even to people that are married, that every day is another opportunity, another choice for those, that couple to say, Today I want to lean in again. Today I want to create love again. Today I want us to go to our chuppah again. Now, I'm not content with just that we got married 20 years ago. I want to marry you again today. I want to marry you again every minute. This is this is our life. This is who I am. I am, we're soulmates, you know? Um, so that's essentially Lag Bomer. It's a celebration of kind of the remembering of of our marriage with God. It's remembering, it's the it's the celebration of Hasidus. Um, of Kabbalah. So it's literally exactly today's Tanya. Today's Tanya is kind of a summary from the past 
whole chapter and then leading into what the whole chapter was actually talking about. So, wow, I did this whole introduction in only four minutes. That's so impressive. Hana, proud of you. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the power of Logbo Omer. <laughs> Anyways, um, past chapter, what were we talking about? We've been talking about Simsum and about how God created the world. And as I've been saying this whole time is why, has, why have the author been telling us about this? What has this whole chapter led to? Because the altar in all these chapters of Tanya have been talking about our love for God and the ability that we have and the, and the responsibility that we have as Yidin to arouse inside of ourselves a passionate experience of love for God. Which if you think about it for a second, it's like, of course that's our responsibility in life. This is who we are. It's like saying that somebody that's married, you know, and that they chose to get married. We chose this. We chose to be in this relationship. And it's like that person that is now in that relationship, they have the responsibility to lean in to their choice, which is to be in that relationship. And so the fact that Hashem gave us it as a mitzvah isn't some like burden on us. It's like the mitzvah is Hashem saying, this is who you are. I'm giving you this mitzvah to reveal what you actually want, which is to love me, <laughs> and which is to be loved by me, which is to be in this exclusive relationship. As we're going to see today, today the altar literally shines light on like the power of exclusivity. Like our relationship with God isn't, it's, it's not like, there's no funny business. <laughs> like It's us and him and that's it. So what we've been saying is that through understanding how Hashem created the world, meaning through understanding what Hashem did to make this relationship ha- possible, which, what is the relationship? The relationship is specifically Hashem, a relationship with Hashem, with Neshamais Begufen. That is, the, that is the relationship, that is the marriage. For that relationship to be possible, what did Hashem have to do? Hashem had to create Simsum. So how did we explain Simsum in the last chapter? We explained Simsum as Hashem revealing His light in a way that the recipient cannot experience the light inside of itself. So you know that you're tzimtzumed if you're looking at yourself and you're not seeing that you're God. That is the definition of tzimtzum. So today's Tanya begins with a, not, with just a little bit more explanation about the tzimtzum. We're going to talk about a few different kinds of tzimtzum, um, which I've, we've actually talked about in other parts of Tanya, but I'm just going to review because it's it's here again, so why not? Um, I actually always thought that this was a mushal, that this was an analogy that I, I always heard it from Baruch Kaplan in Israel, but literally the Altar of says this, and I guess he got it from this chapter of Tanya. So it was very cool to actually learn that mushal for, we're going to talk about the, the four worlds and the different simsumim that Hashem had to make to get, to create the four worlds. And he uses this mushal of like these different kind of bottles. And I always thought he made it up, but literally the Altar of says it here. So I was like, that's so cool. Anyways, we're going to talk about that, and then it's going to lead into, at the end of today's Tanya, what does that mean for me? What If Hashem is doing this, what does that mean about my about me? Okay. Vihine. And behold, the particular aspects of the nature of the obscuring of Hashem's light, these Timsumim, through the descent of the worlds, the Timsumim essentially are the cause and effect not the cause and effect. Simsumim are the the cause of the the creation of all the worlds. Atzmu Mispar. They are two 
numerous to count, meaning you're never going to they're never going to be able to like sit there and label all the symptoms. We're talking about something infinite. And there are many diverse kinds. As is known to those who have tasted of the tree of life. Literally, if you've tasted the infinity, you realize that you can't explain it. <laughs> That's what's saying. The author was saying that some of them are too infinite to talk about. As is known to those who have tasted the tree of life. And that's what, like we don't really understand what it means for something to be infinite. We, we don't have a taste for it because, I mean, except for maybe love, I don't know. But like, we never really have tasted infinity. But somebody who has tasted Eitzachayim, which is Kabbalah, <laughs> um, and really tasted it, meaning not intellectualized it. Intellectualization and tasting are very different. Intellectualization is when you say like, wow, I get this. Like I, I understand it, and tasting is when you don't even have words anymore because you become consumed by it. It has become who you are. And if you've tasted Hasidus, if you've tasted Kabbalah in that way, you realize that I'm never going to be able to explain this. I'm never going to be able to understand this. And if I, if I think I'm explaining it, I'm, I'm not getting it <laughs> because, I'm, because tasting Hasidus is realizing that you're talking about something infinite. Ach derech klal. Nevertheless, the author was like, even though I'm not going to be able to tell you about all these different tzimtzumim. In general, there are three general, powerful, contracted contractions. Um, what are these three tzimtzumim? That these three tzimtzumim give rise to the three worlds. And each of these categories of Simsumim have a specific like consistency almost um, that lead to that world. Why is it only three worlds and not four worlds? Because the world of Atsilas is godliness itself. What does it mean that Atsilas is godliness itself? Godliness, Atsilas is a world. How can it be godliness itself? So it's actually interesting because through saying that, the Alter explained what the symptom of Ilam Atsilas is. Because Atsilas isn't a symptom. Seder Hashtalashlis as a whole begins after Tzimtzum Harishan. Meaning, there was a symptom before even anything. <laughs> like, it's Nisava HaGashbarchu, Tzimtzum Harishan. Nisava, Tzimtzum. Like, Tzimtzum is before anything. But, what is the symptom of Atsilas? Elekus mamish, which leads us into the example. What is the symptom of Atsilas? It's like imagine that we're going to say that the elik, the godliness in each of the worlds is water. So that's the that's the R. The R is water. The question is, what is holding the R? What is the keli holding the R? And the keli holding the R in Atsilas is water also. So what can you? How can? What's a visualization for that? It's ice. It's ice holding water. The ice is water too. In Atsilas, going back to before, what, how are we explaining symptom? That symptom is the experience of a, of a person looking at their reality and saying, I don't look like God. In Atsilas, I don't know who's in Atsilas, but whoever's in Atsilas, like Atsilas itself looks at itself and says, I look like God. It looks like God. It, and so that's what we're saying. Atsilas is Elikos Mamish. 
the tzimtz- there is still a tzimtzum, but it's not the tzimtzum that the author is talking about in this context, because the tzimtzum that the author is talking about in this context of these chapters are the kind of tzimtzum that leads to a person experiencing themselves as something other than God. In Atzilas, everyone experiences themselves as God. So according to the context of this chapter, there's no tzimtzum in Atzilas. But really, what is the tzimtzum? The tzimtzum is just so minute that it actually appears as godliness. Okay. What was the tzimtzum needed for Elam Habriya? Well, what's happening in Bria? How do we know? And this is, again, I just love when the author does this. How do you know that there needs to be a tzimtzum in Bria? Maybe Bria is just infinite or inside. The author says, no, there is a tzimtzum in Bria. How do I know? Because in Elam Habriya, the angels and the souls, they serve God in this way of Chacham Yenadah, specifically of Bina. We've talked about that before also, that in Atzilas is Chachma, Kayachma, God himself. Bria is Bina, and also the Chachma and the Das that Bina needs. Yetzira is Nisham, is, is Midas, I'm sorry, which is their Anpin, and Asiya is Malchus. So in Bria, it's Bina, and the, the Neshamas and the, and, the, and the Malachim there serve God in this way of intellectualization. And we know that for to know something, you have to have an eye that knows it. So there's already in Bria some form of otherness than I'm just only God. Um, like if you know that you're only God, you're not only God. <laughs> well, we are all only God, but according to Tzimtzum, if you know that you're only God, you're still in a Tzimtzum state. That makes sense? Okay. Um... Sometimes I just remember that I'm literally talking to myself. It's so awkward. <laughs> like I like I was like, dude, does that make sense? Like to myself. <laughs> like checking in myself, it makes sense. Um, but it's actually not true. As I record these, as I record these, even though even though about myself, like I I I know I don't know everybody listens to this, but I know the people who do, and I literally like talk to you guys. <laughs> like the people who I know listen to this every day. I literally just have you in mind. <laughs> Anyway, so thank you, I guess, for being here. Okay. Anyways, um, okay. So in Bria, what? So what? Ha- what's happening in Bria? There are people. There are neshamis and malachim who are understanding or are living in the state of of intellectualization of Hashem. So clearly, there's a symptom. and they receive influence from them, which is what is them. Mehem is is from Chabad. Haya Tachila. In order for this reality to be the reality, what, it, what does it need? It needs a tzimtzum atzim. It needs a powerful contraction. And Altarba is not going to explain about the tzimtzumim. He's just saying, that's literally what he's calling it, a tzimtzum atzim, a powerful contraction. But we're going to see that tzimtzum atzim is going to compare to tzimtzum with Helen. So how does Baruch Kaplan explain the tzimtzum of Bria? He says, it's like a tinted bottle, meaning you still see the water. There's no actual concealment of the water, but it's not in the same way. There's a certain reality, there's a certain shift in, in the experience of seeing the, the or inside the keli now. But there's not an actual concealment. You still see that it's water. And that's that's Bria. From Bria to Yetzira, ki ma'at Because from Yetzira to Bria, when you're standing in Yetzirah and you're looking at Bria, 
Bria looks like Ainsaif and you don't, which means that there had to have been a Tzimtzum to get from Bria to Yetzirah. What is that Tzimtzum? Oh, and it would be unable to get from Bria to Yetzirah, except for the kind of Tzimtzum, that this is what the author was calling, Tzimtzum Vehelem, which is contraction and concealment. And that was that would be if you're saying that now it's not only a, water, a tinted water bottle, but it's actually, oh no, I'm sorry, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Let's go back a second. Bria is a glass bottle. It's, there's a tsimsum because the keli is causing the R to say, I'm not only R. The, the, I'm realizing as I'm saying this out loud, as I was preparing this, it kind of made sense to use this analogy. It's not so in line fully. I think this is where he gets it from, but for the sake of the flow of where we're going, it's kind of messing with the flow a little bit, but it's okay. Just just kind of get through this and we're going to go on. But Bria is a glass bottle because it's only Tzimtzum and not Hela, meaning you see the R completely. Yetzira is Tzimtzum Vihelem, meaning that it's still, a, there's the, the Kaili is the R, is the, the Kaili is the bottle, but it's a tinted bottle. There's also Helem. You see that there's water, but it's not fully, you don't fully see it. You don't fully see that it's actually what it is, which is godliness. And and then and from Yetzirah to Asiya, it's also this Tzimtzum Vehelem, but it's an even deeper level of Tzimtzum Vehelem, which Baruch Kaplan would say it's like literally like having like a wood bottle. Like you don't even see that there's water inside of it. You're so far from even saying, I have anything to do with God. God is somewhere else. I am here and God is there. Right? That's what we say here in Elam Asiya. Like maybe there's a God, you know? Um, Anyways, though, the important thing to kind of understand for the sake of the flow of this, um, Tanya, <laughs> is that the differences between the different kind of tzimtzumim, what is, what is the tzimtzumim? The tzimtzum are the different levels of contraction of Hashem putting himself aside, so to speak, and saying, I am not going to reveal myself inside of you so that you can be you. That is that is symptom, and then that progresses from world to world in a more intense and more intense way. One thing that I was just thinking of to notice, um, just by the way, guys, when I say, I feel like I'm making a lot of separate notes in this, but when I say I'm thinking of this, I actually am looking at my notes usually, like it's things that I think of before. <laughs> I always feel like I'm like, oh, I'm just thinking of, but really I'm like, I'm actually thinking of this because I, as I was preparing for this Tanya, this came to mind. Anyways. Um, wow, you know what I think really Hasidus is, though? I think, really, at the end of the day, one of the biggest things for me Hasidus has given me is, like, Hashkacha Pratis includes all moments. Like, if we're believing in Adam Avada, then Adam Avada also includes the moments that, like, like, that moment, I was like, I felt so awkward just now in that second. Like, I don't know why I chose to say that, and, like, I did, and, like, then I was just feeling awkward in my body. But, like, then it was just, like, Hashem is in this experience, too. Okay, breathe, Hana. It's not such a big deal that you did something a little awkward. Whatever. <laughs> like, and not only that, but, like, it becomes actually an opportunity to, like, lean deeper into this unconditional relationship that we have with God as we're literally going to see at the end of today's Tanya, of like, there is no part of me 
that I'm not giving up to you, God. No part of me. I'm in this relationship with you 100%. 100%. I'm willing to give up everything. What does that mean I'm willing to give up everything? It means that I'm willing to say that even in the moments where I think that I need this for my survival, I need this for my whatever, this is awkward and, I, and it really actually is awkward and Hashem, you're actually not here because this is just awkward. Like, no, here too, God, here too. I'm choosing to see you. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, so what does that mean? What does that let me feel like, you know? But like, happy Lagba Omer, you know, like, I think, I don't know, for me, that's going to be my intention this Lagba Omer. Like, there is no moment that isn't our relationship with God. That's just, re- that's just reality. That's just what it is. There is no moment that isn't Hashem's light shining, which means that there is no moment that is not my, an opportunity for me, given to me, to lean into that relationship and reveal Hashem in that moment. No matter where I am, no matter what's happening, no matter how awkward things are, no matter like, no matter what, no matter how challenging things are, no matter what is getting thrown at me, like this is God in a tzimtzumed way given to me for me. <laughs> like it's crazy. And anyways, going back, what was the thing that I was thinking is that based on all this, it's kind of easy to say like, but like the altar was getting into this Kaylee R, Kaylee R, right? And like all about tzimtzum and this the light that is contracted and whatever. But one of the reasons why I was not in the flow to talk about like the bottle analogy is because the bottle analogy doesn't really give room for the truth, which is it's an important thing to understand. But the truth of the matter, and especially according to this part of Tanya's, what we're saying is that in every world, the bottle really is God. That's what we've been saying in this chapter, that the, the Tzimtzum, the Hashem manifesting through the way of Tzimtzum isn't Hashem actually not being here? It's Hashem choosing to not overwhelm us with his presence. That's what it is. And it's like, that is what is creating the story that we're talking about that is leading to these emotions that are going to come from it. Because if Hashem wasn't in the Tzimtzum too, then none of this would be what it is. <laughs> because if Hashem wasn't in the Tzimtzum too, then it would be like, I'm making a clone of myself that doesn't have my parts and it doesn't have my reality and you go marry that clone of me that clone of me that is going to be able to you know cater to your every need and and um be in a fully invested relationship where i'm never giving up anything in myself and whatever like go be in a relationship with that clone of me it's like that's not love that's not a relationship what we're saying is that any moment that hashem is creating us in this world there's a part of hashem that is in a sense, separate from his fullest self for the sake of our relationship. That's what we're saying. And in order for that to make a difference, it must mean that Hashem is fully here. <laughs> it must mean that all of reality isn't just a clone of God, but is, is, is God itself. Otherwise, it wouldn't make a difference that Hashem is giving up, so to speak, this, this part of himself for us. Okay. So an elaborate explanation of these some are given in other places in order to make them more accessible. But the point is, the purpose of all of these contractions is 
guf adam hachomri in order to create the physical body of a person. <laughs> that is why Hashem is doing any of this, so that Hashem can have intimacy with a neshama biguf. Literally, that's why. And for us to be able to subjugate the Sitra Akhra, as we've been talking about this whole journey through Tanya, what it means to subjugate the Sitra Akhra, and to reveal the light that comes specifically from the darkness. Why is Hashem creating the Tzimtzum? Why is Hashem creating us in a world where there is darkness? It's so that we can remove the layers and heal and reveal light and to shine inside of this relationship and to... And to love inside of this relationship and to, and to reveal the light that we always have been. Like, this is what this is. This is what this is about. Um, and this is why the symptom is being created every moment, yesh me'ayin, so that we could lean into this journey, lean into this experience while being in a body and journeying into our darkness, literally. Which goes back to literally what happened before when like I had that awkward moment and it's like, it's in that moment, that moment of tzimtzum is the moment that is most waiting for me to say Hashem is here. And like, it's crazy, but that's really true. Like the moments that have the most tzimtzum are the moments where we're most being called upon to reveal Hashem inside of. Like th- those are the moments. And it's like, I had this whole like thing one time that I would think about a lot of like how our wait- times that we're waiting like when we want something that we're not getting, those are like the most tzimtzumi of all tzimtzums because it's like this space of existence where like, oh my God, Hashem, give me this. When you give me this, then I'll be okay. Hashem, when you give me this, then I'll believe you're here. And it's like in those spaces, in the spaces of darkness, in our own personal chayshech, in our, that's what we're, literally that, this paragraph, betachlas kol hatzimtzumim, I didn't even realize this when I was preparing this, actually. I'm literally kind of freaking out right now. This is why the Tzimtzumim happened. You're having a moment of darkness. You're having a moment of not seeing Hashem in your life. Why is it being created? It's 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 an op. And I've said this a million times throughout Tanya, but this is paragraph literally is in Hebrew of the altar of his words, of those words that I've been saying that I literally learned in therapy. <laughs> like, it's crazy. But like, all moments of darkness are opportunities for us. Nothing is working against us. Any moment of symptom is here for the sake of you being in a soul-filled body to reveal Hashem in that moment. to Sitra Akhra, as we know, is the other side. And meaning, what does that mean to subject Sitra Akhra? To say that this is not the other side. This isn't something else other than God. That's literally what subjugating Sitra Akhra means. It's saying, this is not otherness. This is also a reflection of Hashem. This is also a manifestation of Hashem. This here too is God. And from there comes the deepest light from Mint. From that darkness that is created from that symptom, that's where the light is coming from. And that's the light of Mashiach. That's the light of that's this is the light that we were born here to create. This is the light that Simpsum, you know, like it literally says in, in Bereshis, in, in Chumash Bereshis, when Hashem created Chayshach and, and R, and it's like that was the R of Mashiach from the beginning. 
Darkness and Mashiach have been tied together. Any moment of darkness is an opportunity to bring us into the Mashiach. Any moment of Galas is an opportunity to bring us into the Geula. And it's like, from the beginning, that's why Tzimtzum is here. <laughs> it's crazy. <sighs> okay. Whoa. How do we do this? This happens through a person elevating his divine soul and his animal soul together with all of their garments, meaning the fullness of who I am. I'm bringing all of me and I'm rising it up towards God. Um, as we discussed before, this is the entire purpose of the progression of all of the world. This is why I'm here. This is why Hashem created anything. This is why Kesser is here. This is why Tzilas is here. We're in the middle of Sphira now. This is why Chesed is here. Gevur is here. Tzvaris is here. This is why everything is here. It's so that me and you, so that the Yidin in this world find our power and our strength and our beauty and our love and our like all the good stuff and take the fullness of who we are without leaving any part of us behind and rise ourselves up towards God becoming the people that we've always been we've always we were created to be from the beginning of Seder Hashtalashilas <laughs> I remember in high school I asked my principal if the purpose is Elam Haza why do we have all these higher worlds and she said because it's a ladder but it's not a ladder it's, it's a ladder going down but it's also a ladder going up meaning it's a ladder that i don't remember if this is what she said or this is what i understood from what she said but what i'm thinking now what i understand based on what she said now is that it's a ladder going up and down meaning through seeing up there we see what we're capable of but we're actually meant to be down here or i also once heard i think, believe i heard this from the very newsbound that like our head is in Atilas, our heart is in Bria, like or something like that. Or like above us is Atilas, our head is Bria, our heart is Yitzira, and our body is Atil is Asiya. That actually makes a lot of sense. Because Asiya is Malchus, Yitzira is Nefesh, is um emotion, which is our heart. Our, our head literally is Bria, and then around us, literally the crown of us, the energy around us is Atilas. So freaking cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Anyways, this is the purpose of all of the worlds. Vahine. Okay. And now, why are we talking about all of this? Now we're getting into what this emotion, what this story of how all the worlds came into being has to do with us. The worlds came into being through God saying, I'm going to not show myself. I'm not going to attach myself fully to to who I naturally am, which is all pervasive, <laughs> so that I can be in a relationship with you, right? What does it have to do with me? As water mirrors the reflection, my face, my face reflects the face, my face reflects my face in water, also heart to heart, we reflect each other. Just as God, figuratively speaking, Derech Mashal, he, all oh, this is all somewhat of an analogy that Alter was saying because obviously God is everywhere. He put aside his infinite light. The infinite beyond bound light of who he is. And he hid it and he concealed it through these three kinds of Sinsimim. Why did he do this? 
Why did he create a world where his meanness, quote unquote, isn't manifest in any in every single aspect of reality? It was all for the sake of his love for the per the people of this lower world. Adam Hatachtain, the lower man. Literally, we have Adam Ha'elian, we have Adam Hatachtain. Adam Ha'elian is like this divine vision of human being, like who we would be if we were spiritual and not human. What we're saying is that all of everything is created for Hashem's love for Adam Hatachtain, for who I am in my corporeality, like in my meanness, in my human existence. All of reality is created because of Hashem's love for this person sitting right here. And for what? For me to do what? For me to now join back in that relationship with God. Which is essentially, as we've been saying, who we really are. This relationship with God is what we've both always wanted. Because love can impel the flesh. Love can, like, love is, um, love is, love sick. You can even say, like, you get love sick from somebody. I will... You would give, you would die for somebody that you love. You don't die for anything. You literally survival instinct is is the biggest thing and like the strongest instinct. Not much. I will I will take my hand away from fire, right? And yet, for the sake of someone that I love, my body would do anything. And essentially, what we're saying is that Oh no, that's the next paragraph. First, we're saying here that. Hashem literally kind of, so to, so to speak, impelled his flesh. He removed his own agenda, I guess you could say, his own natural way of seeing things for the sake of our relationship, for the sake of the relationship that we both deeply wanted. How much more so? And infinitely more so. An infinite number of times more so. A person, it would be fitting that a person should that a person should relinquish and set aside all he possesses both in soul and in physicality. Spiritually and physically, interesting to just notice this, in bear that in mind. And to renounce everything, is to like hefker, like you're making it for free. I'm going to do the last paragraph and then I'm going to explain what all this means, in, in my opinion. In order to cleave to him, I'm literally letting all of these things that belong to me, quote unquote, all these things that are my agenda, that are the things that are like me as, as I am, I'm letting it all become hefker. I'm giving it all up. And I'm saying, and why am I doing that? In order to cleave to God with attachment, desire, and longing, and so that there should not be any interference, be biased from my own self, which is my body, and from the things that are outside of me, from like my internal world or my external world, external world, not my body, not my soul, not my money, not my wife or my husband and not my children. So what is Alter saying here? My opinion, I think what Alter was saying here and my gut feeling about it, what is an interference? An interference, I mean, it's two things. From a very simple level, it's that 
all that I am and all that I have, Hashem, I am letting you be inside of. I'm giving it all up to up for you. I'm giving it all up to you. Meaning there is nothing in my life that can stand in the way of my relationship with you. Nothing. Literally nothing. But on a deeper level, I think what Alter is saying is like, and you're giving it up for healthcare, meaning you're saying, Hashem, I'm not relying on any of this. I am okay with allowing all of this stuff, my spiritual life, my physical life, my OCD about my mitzvahs that I'm doing, my, my wife that I have or my wife that I don't have, my husband that I have or my husband that I don't have, my children that are driving me crazy or my children that I desire, the things that I'm waiting for, the things that I wish I didn't have or the things that I do have, like everything, every category of thing in my life, Hashem, I'm giving it to you. It's hefker. Meaning, I'm not depending on that. What am I depending on? I'm depending on you. God, you are my life. You are my life. It's literally like I'm giving up all my gods except for the Abishter. I give them all up. All of them. It's me and you. Hashem, it's me and you, literally. This is exclusivity at its finest. It's, it's I'm in this 100%. It's literally me and God. And literally, what we're saying is that just like God gave a part of himself, he gave up his experience of him being himself. I'm going to give up my experience of me being myself. But what is my experience of me being myself that we're saying we have to give up? It's the parts of me that feel like with this part of me, Hashem can't be here. (laughs) You know, like this part. Okay, it's a little bit. That's a separate kind of conversation, but. It's basically anything that is saying, with this part of me, Hashem can't be here. Hashem, I'm giving that up. With this part of, with this aspect of, with this compulsive thing that I'm holding on to, there is no room for God. God, I'm giving it up. I'm letting you into all of these spaces of, of me, of the me that is holding on to stuff that aren't you. I'm letting you into those spaces. All the fears, all the anxieties, all the worries, all the... Everything, the nefesh ad basar, be bias umechutz, umibachutz, like guf, like nefesh, like mamen, like isha uvanim, everything, every part of me. There is not going to be a part of me that I'm saying, Hashem, you are not here. Nothing. Um, so, Achaim, Belivracha, it's the end of today's Tanya. Um, just actually, one other thought, because now I'm looking inside. <laughs> I was just thinking of that word interference. I think an interfere an interference. When do we feel like something is interfering with us? Is when we feel like it shouldn't be that way. Right? Like this shouldn't be here. This shouldn't be this way. And so it's bothering me. It's interfering with me. And what we're saying is that what our point of, of this kind of love, that what we're trying to get this love to get to, is this place where there's no more interference. There's no, nothing is interfering in my life. We're not saying that God isn't interfering with us. We're saying that there's no interference from anything inside of my own self or from anything in my external world. Not anything. Not my husband, not my children, not my money, not my body, not my spiritual life. Nothing. There's nothing interfering because why? Because it's all God. Because Hashem, I have given my entire life to you. I have allowed you into every crevice of my being, like literally. And 
so yeah, I just bless us all. Lag Omer. First of all, we should all get what we actually want, what neshamas actually want, whether it's a husband, whether it's a baby, whether it's health, whether it's whatever it is. Hashem should just bless us all with everything that we want. That's first of all. Second of all, <laughs> we should be so blessed to realize that the exact tzimtzum of our lives is not working against us, but that it is literally here for us. And that the exact symptom of our lives is here so that we could lean into it and literally say, Hashem, you are in this symptom too. You are in this symptom too. Hashem, hi, I see you here in this symptom also. And I'm not giving you up. I'm not giving you up. It's me and you. I'm not going to live a life where, you know, I live with surface level um, fears that are keeping me like strapped and 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 subjugated to like this life that like I am the things that I'm worried about and I am the parts of me that feel like things aren't going to be okay unless things change like I'm not going to do that the author was saying I'm not this is this is for Bainam this is about us the author was saying that for a Bainani a Bainani cannot live content with that kind of life a Bainani has to live with this longing of I give up all my gods except the Abishter, literally. So Lachaim Levracha, we should be so blessed with the power of the Rashbi that is shining on this day, literally, to feel even one moment of that experience of Hashem. In this moment too, I see you, I choose you, and I'm giving all of my, all of my, um, all of the, st- the strings, like the tiedness, the tightness that I feel towards, I need to stay tied towards this thing you know or towards this negative thought about myself or towards this limited self-belief or towards towards this i need this in order to be okay or whatever it is i'm giving it all up to you god i'm giving it to you i'm giving it to you why am i able to give it to you because you are inside of this you are inside of this. And just like you gave up yourself, so to speak, to come and choose to love me, I can give up myself to love you. And what does loving you look like? It looks like engaging with you in any given moment, including all these moments. So there's a lot going on here. Um, l'chaim levracha. And yes, all right. And this is all in z'chus and r'fush Literally, like not kind of, like, Literally, your Fuah Shalema and Zchus of Lagba Omer for Alta Shena Bas Rachel Yosefa. She should literally just like walk out of the hospital today. And yeah, Machayim Bilabracha.